But I record these knuckles on the side of your face, my boy. Check that. See, I'm recording now. The people hear that. That's verbal abuse to the host. What you got to say for yourself? It's only verbal abuse if I get caught. Somebody stop the music. Over this you are now listening to the duo Deontay Epps, I am on the mic, episode 41. Tell them what your name is, my guy. Come on, man. Oh, Why my you, bad. Man, you... I had to troll you for a little bit. For the viewers and the listeners who don't know, uh, we had some technical difficulties, but they will go... Um, they will go... They will go unreported at this particular time. I just wanted to troll this dude for a little bit, but it's your boy, Dane B. That's an brief for Dane Beasley. The other half, cooler half of the duo sports and stuff podcast. Dane, you're such a hater, man. You're not supposed to tell the listeners we had technical difficulties. Oh, anyways, if anybody got the coconut water plug, let them know that we're trying to get it sponsored by coconut water. So anybody out there that don't like coconut water, uh, that's on you. You're missing out. So what if it anyway, tastes like backwashed water? Yeah, I don't mess with coconut water, man. It's good, man. It's natural. It's Is it good earth. for you, though? Is it healthy? I don't know. I drink it. But I don't drink it. Anyway, I'm Deontay. The guy talking trash to me is Dane Beasley. We are the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. It's not trash. Before we get started, we'd just like to let you know that you can help us out by subscribing to the podcast on any digital streaming platform, as well as give your boys a review on Apple. Five stars. Give us a good rating. We got like 38 ratings. That's good. Let's bump that up a little more, man. Support your boys. What'd you say? I said get us to 39. 39. Yeah, I love that. Maybe even 40. Speaking of 40, Dane, this is episode 41 40 of the duo. How did, bro, we are 40 episodes in. How does that feel? Like, when we started this, I mean, we, we didn't put a set, you know, number of episodes we wanted to get to, but 40? 41? That's crazy. <laughs> we, we have now reached the Terrence Newman age of the podcast. <laughs> It's just an ugly number for a cornerback. <laughs> Why did he pick 41? Because he was like, wasn't he number four in college? I don't remember. I really don't remember. But I mean, maybe there's I some sentimental maybe there's some sentimental value behind it, but it's such an ugly number. Like, ugh. Like look like now, like looking at it, oh crazy, he's forty two years old. So this ugh, next episode is gonna be the actual age of Terrence. Uh, Newman, but Cowboys fans. <laughs> so we in our we in the Terrence Newman era of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, getting old. That's so old and, random and, and funny. Washed and burnt. <laughs> we used to call him. We used to call that fool. Me and Gavin used to call him. Man, uh, towards the end Terrence, of his career, Terrence he was Terrence Toast Newman. That's what we used to call him. <laughs> Terrence Toast Newman. <laughs> I hope he doesn't just randomly. Put headphones on and be like, hey, I, I want to listen to the duo. <laughs> it just think <laughs> this episode. We're going to post this episode. The Marcus Spears is going to retweet it. And then Terrence is going to be scrolling. He'll be like, hmm, oh, what Marcus didn't post it? Let me look at this. Oh, I'm going to support these brothers, man. Now, oh, one of them from Texas. He's a Cowboys fan. He probably knows them. Oh, hell no. Get mad and stuff. 
Um, Dane, so, you know, we got a list of topics we usually put in our notes so we can kind of get a vibe of what we want to talk about. Kind of get a listeners what can they expect, you know, you know, coming in the show, my guy. (sighs) Well, I did not realize there's this particular note at the top of the agenda. I'm going to, of course, ignore because you've had plenty of opportunity to shout it from the rooftops. Oh, no, I'm still going to say it, but continue. Yeah. Anywho, we're going to talk about some... uh, some things to expect for the off season. You know, we have some, not controversy. I guess you could say it's controversy about uh, how the OTAs are going to go or how that's going to work for, you know, workouts and stuff because of COVID-19 and still don't know the long-term effects of it and how they might affect the, you know, the normal person's body, but the athlete's body. Speaking of which, you know, Jason Tatum's on an inhaler now before games. Like I didn't know that. Yes, I saw that, but I didn't know. I didn't know if it was just, Post COVID, yeah. I think he did. He have asthma before. I don't think it was that bad. If he had it, on, based on how the article was reading, because I only read a glimpse of my glimpse. Of, I only read like a, a smidget of it. I was like, dang. I mean, because I knew, you know, we we know there's going to be long term effects of it, but we just don't know what those are because they're. I mean, I, I guess at this point, there's maybe there's verified case studies of the long term effects of COVID nineteen or having it or surviving it. But I don't know. Um. If anybody has access to that type of research data, preferably a qualitative study, hook your boys up. Um, (laughs) So, of course, we're going to talk about the NFL rule changes. Um, Aaron Donald had himself a nice little time out on the town. Okay. Um, hmm. Oh, we got a general homeboy 2.0, two weeks out from the draft. I got a surprise Which, for you on that one. Oh, 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 oh. surprise, Sydney. I think you're going to like it. Okay. And we got, I think you're uh, going to like it. Got some offseason news about, you know, some late signings, the NCAA transfer rule. Uh, hmm. What else? Uh, we're going to talk Falcon about the Falcon and Winter, Winter Soldier. We yes, got, sir. Two, got two episodes to catch up on. And I'm trying to do this whole thing without looking at my notes. <laughs> Let's save the rest for last. Let's let's surprise these guys okay. and girls. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Dane, you know I gotta do it, my guy. Playing my air guitar. The Baylor Bears. I hope. I hope whoever owns the estate of Queen, I hope they sue your black ass. No, <laughs> Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Congratulations. You good, know what? I didn't a- even think about that. <laughs> Don't sue. <laughs> only, hey, it was, was only like eight seconds. Hey, this is that brother's podcast. I'm just a guest. I don't even know anything about sports or anything about no. you know, entertainment. I'm just here. It was to just eight a seconds. <laughs> this is what she said. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But, you know, congratulations. Hats off literally to the Baylor Bears. I know it's been a long time coming when you talk about anything, reference anything about, you know, athletics and Baylor in the same sentence. But y'all come a long way. Honestly, I just assumed that the next, you know, title was going to come from the women's team just because of how much consistency we've seen from their program. But respect, yes. respectfully, they both did an amazing job, you know, fighting. Obviously, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the ending to the women's game, but that's a story for another day. Unfortunately for this guy sitting next to me or 
however this podcast show or however the the editing portion of this podcast goes. The guy over here who gets to celebrate for at least <laughs> either on that calendar. side or that side, <laughs> or that side or that side. Uh, you get to celebrate for the next calendar year because your team, of course, won the title. So. That's yes. That's an amazing yes. thing. And it wasn't even like it was a close game. Y'all beat the piss out them dudes. Like, yeah. Say what you want about the you know yep. box score, but it, it was effort from tip off to, to the the ending buzzer. So yeah. yeah, it was it was good. So shout out to man, the Baylor Bears, bro. Man. And like you know, you expect you expect your team to you know put up a fight, you know, right. win, obviously you're rooting for them, but for them to own the game from tip off to double zeros on the clock, man, that's just insane. I don't think anybody really predicted that. So, you know, obviously team was celebrating everybody, all the fans, obviously me retweeting every single Baylor thing because, you know, this is their first championship ever for the men. Yeah. And like you had mentioned, like, it's always been about the women's team at Baylor. So shout out to the Baylor Bears. Just want to give a quick shout out to those guys off the top of the show. Um, yeah, I just got the natty gear in yesterday. So put on the hat, wore the, wore the shirt to work. Like I'm, Such you know what I'm saying? Like I ain't boy, never man. had nothing before. You know I am. You know yeah, I am. Yeah, for sure. Right, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> I, I wouldn't expect anything different. Oh yeah. Then let's go ahead and wrap this up. You we know how I... stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough, uh, enough of me. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're we're leading it off with the Broncos, which is my team as well. Seahawks, Bucks, and Browns all deciding <laughs> to <laughs> all hey, deciding dude, to man. stay at home for the off season. They came out with these statements, Dane. Um, and I'll read them. Like it seemed like they came out in separate times, but they all pretty much same the same message. Yeah, broke it. yeah the one yeah. from yeah, the one from the Broncos, which is the Broncos were the first team to come out. It says playing in the NFL is a dream of our players who work tirelessly year round to perform in America's greatest game. With offseason programs starting in less than a week, and without adequate protocols in place in order for us to return safely, we will be exercising our right to not participate. Voluntary offseason workout. So basically, they're saying that the protocols aren't up to par mm. yet. Um, and I'll say this, and I'll I'll, I'll let you answer, Dane. Mm-hmm. We had Marcus Spears on a few weeks ago, and we specifically asked him the question. We said, "How did he feel the NFL handled the COVID situation as far as you know mitigating and or protocols per se and." everything that goes along with having games, getting games played. And he basically said he felt like the NFL did the best job that they could. He did have some arguments about other issues, but overall he said, you know, they did what they had to do. Um, I was kind of surprised about these, the, the teams coming out. And I, I mean, we all know how bad COVID is. Um, yes. We know somebody that's been affected by COVID. We know COVID is obviously affected, changed the entire world. It'll never be the same. Ever. Ever. What What more can, and I'm, I'm asking this to you as well, what more can the NFL do to put protocols in place than what they've been doing? They need to release a very strategic, a very transparent, very well thought out 
uh, protocol for when there is an outbreak that exists or it takes place on a team. Because for some games, they got rescheduled and postponed. And for other games, teams were they had to play without their star players at times. Seems a little bit uh, suspicious, don't you think? So, in my opinion, right. I, I mean, that's what they should have done. That. It should have been something very set in stone. The maybe an over or under amount of players that are, you know, that tested positive for COVID. Maybe let's say if there are at least three people that tested positive for COVID, then a particular game had to be postponed or whatever. But for some odd reason, some teams were given particular set of treatment and other teams weren't, which is, of course, it just looks a little funny in the light. Um, outside of that, I don't know what kind of situation would call for a bubble. Um, we've already talked about how complicated that would be, or uh, many of the the guests that we've had um, that are that have a career in this this sports entertainment and, and sports reporting uh, arena. They've told us um, just how difficult it could possibly be to have uh, a bubble of sorts, the same bubble that we've seen with the NBA because of the 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 regionals, the regionals, the regions in which the NFL is spread out. And then, of course, the roster sizes are just they're just not they're not comparable. So I don't know. But of course, you're a billion dollar industry. You have billions of dollars. You have plenty of resources. You you don't pay for your stadiums. <laughs> so there's got to be some way that they can find out uh, to make this work um, instead of just sitting on their hands. So. You know, I don't know. I don't have the answers and I also don't have a solution, but I also know that that can't we can't do it. It can't be the same way that they did it last year because it didn't. I don't think it was effective. Right. Fairness either. One of the points you made that I I definitely agree with was the consistency or the inconsistency we saw last year. Huh? So you don't agree with nothing else? (laughs) Did not say that, sir. (laughs) One of the great points you made was how the NFL showed its inconsistency as time at times as far as you know some teams got their games postponed till certain they met certain criteria where others were forced to play example for the Broncos were forced to have a practice squad receiver play quarterback in a crucial season halfway through the season more than halfway through the season so um certain protocols have to be met I was reading from Mike Florio how how this could be kind of a disadvantage to guys. And we kind of seen that at the beginning of last season. You know, there's always those practice squad guys that depend on the offseason, depend on preseason games to try to make the team like. And, you know, we have stories like Philip Lindsay, who was undrafted, proved himself in the offseason, proved himself in the preseason. Um, Guys like that are going to suffer if. You know, if they go to all virtual kind of offseason program, because, you know, they use the time on the field. Obviously, they use the time in the film room to show what they know. But, you know, you play the game on the field. So those guys that are fighting for positions, fighting, you know, undrafted, those kind of rough gyms is going to be tougher for them to kind of make the squad if they go all virtual for the offseason. And another point that was made was how those same kind of guys are asking teams if they could still come in person um, while some of the other players go virtual. So that's kind of a issue that's, that's come up um, how like the NFL, you know, COVID is still around. Like, so 
obviously yeah, they're going to have to come out with some kind of protocol in place, something to show consistency like they hadn't shown in the in the previous years, man. Hmm. Very well said. I agree with all of what you just said. <laughs> I hate you, man. <laughs> Next topic, please. <laughs> you know what? I feel like no, I don't have a drop for you. I was gonna put right. a drop. Oh wait, wait, I got one. I'm not important Damn! enough. <laughs> of course. Nice. You take this next topic away. Okay. So for the I mean, there have been some very ugly numbers in the NFL. We've seen some very ugly numbers. Back in the day, and this is at all levels, we used to see what Quarterbacks wearing number 20. See, wide yep. receivers, some of them wearing like 44. You've had, uh, which I, I love it, some defensive linemen wearing 80s. I love when defensive linemen wear 80s. Like, I love that. Like, I, I, I freaking love that. But, I mean, the proposed rule changed about the numbers. I'm down with that. I've been all for that. It just sucks if you're a big guy, one of the big nasties right. up front. Uh, they like to play. They like to spike the ball occasionally when a running back is, you know, rushes up the sideline for a touchdown. You know, they're part of the game. They're just as important as the skill players. But unfortunately, the rule change will not impact them. Well, it will impact them because it will see the sad looks on their faces when they see their one of their favorite veteran wide receivers <laughs> on their team that switch from number 82 to number three. Like, that's that's got to be an unsettling feeling. But for most of the NFL, this should be pretty cool for the upcoming rookies um, that are going to be in the draft here in a few weeks. And, of course, we have – I'm pretty sure we're going to have a number of changes right. from guys that are, you know, you know, seasoned veterans to second or, you know, third-year players. So I think it's cool. It's, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to feel like college on Sunday, college games on Sunday is how I feel. But we're right. going to see some pretty cool things, some, some really good callbacks, if you will. Right. I'm surprised you didn't say – and I was I was so surprised you didn't say something. What do you mean by that? <laughs> so I thought you were gonna say how the NFL loves this because it's gonna be new players or old players in new jersey numbers, which means people are gonna buy those new jerseys with ah. those new numbers, which means the NFL gets that You're talking about the capital you're talking about the capitalism that's associated with this rule change. See, brother, that's the problem with you. You only see the dollar signs. Uh, no, no, but for <laughs> real. I didn't even think about that because I was so excited. You know, ain't that something when it's something that you're not against, you won't bring up, you know, <laughs> uh, just the the downsides and you know, just you won't you won't speak any bad on it. But of course, if it's something that you hate, you're gonna be real vocal about it, which is just leaked out of my pores and the bias uh-huh. that I have about you know favoritism of the numbers. I don't agree with it, but at the same time, uh people spent their hard earned money on my jerseys and I just don't want them to feel like they have to buy it. It's like, okay, well don't change the jersey number. Simple as that. I mean, I get it. But at the same time, um, the players, although you want to argue, what do you want to argue about the percentages of which the players get from the jersey sales revenue or jersey revenue? They still get a piece of the pie. So if anything, it's a good look for them and it gives us a reason to, you know. That's true. (laughs) Stimulate the economy. So me me and Langston and and the wife. That's true. We're going to be rocking some jerseys. I don't know which jersey we're going to get. We're going to be rocking somebody's jersey. Yeah, I saw a tweet that said if Reggie Bush had 
been or had been able to wear number five, he'd have a hell of a career. He, tr- he tried. <laughs> no, he tried though. He was wearing it uh, during like one of the uh, dur- not during preseason. I mean, game. he wore it during the training camps. Yeah, and yeah. he petitioned yeah, for it, but the NFL practice denied all day. his request. They denied his request, but it's not his fault, man. They Reggie was before his time. That's in all honesty. You can say what you want to say about the whole Heisman thing. As a former UT fan, like Reggie was still the best running back that I in, that I saw with my eyes. In you know, same, same. Every yeah. Saturday, man, yeah. he was putting up a best top ten back highlight. That I saw in college, yeah, it was ridiculous. Just the stopping on a dime, the jump cuts, the 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 quickness, the vision like you just you can't I don't know if we'll ever see another Reggie Bush and if we ever do see another Reggie Bush thank God because that's I, I we need to bring some some dominance and importance back to the running back positions but we'll touch on that a little bit later yeah a little bit yeah, later man. so college on Sunday that's what you said I like that that sounds perfect next topic man is this this drop is this is perfect yeah. for this because like, bro, like what? So, well, today we got a little bit more clarity. We got a little bit more clarity, right? The, 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 before the clarity, it was much funner. It was way funnier yes, than, I agree. You know, than, than now. All right. So, yeah, but so what we're talking about, I know. Ignorance. The, yeah. <laughs> the last few days, it came out that there was a picture of this guy. What is his name? Uh, De Vincent and a De Vincent <laughs> Spriggs came out and it, his eye was all <laughs> swolled up. <laughs> but anyway, he had said that <laughs> like a that Aaron Donald like had punched him in the face, basically, right? So today, Casey Casey White, an attorney hired by Donald to represent him following allegations levied against him Wednesday, told ESPN that Spriggs swung a bottle. At Donald, that grazed his head. That reminded me of Eddie Murphy. Grazed as he ducked before other people surrounding Donald stepped in. As he ducks, somebody from behind him grabs him to stop him from interacting with this guy, Mr. Spriggs. So he holds Aaron back in a sense. At that point, that's when people come to Aaron's aid and defend him by removing, so to speak, Mr. Spriggs from the area where he is punched and he is fighting. It's a mutual fight at this point between other individuals who Aaron does not really know. (laughs) So Basically, some random dudes <laughs> saw that Aaron Donald got hit with a glass, a bottle, and a friend yeah, of a friend. If he you probably will. he got to know, him, but that's crazy, man. How you how you hit Aaron Donald and they Allegedly. say he whooped you? That reminds me of that clip from Eddie Murphy stand up from Raw uh-huh. when he would say he was fighting the club with Daddy Terrio and and he got sued. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody sued me. I, it was a, dis- it was yeah, a ball at the he was disco. Like, I need, I need money for my sprained eye. The ball, eye. The light spun, <laughs> creating a weird effect. <laughs> yeah, man, this dude, this, this just sounds like a two million dollars for my sprained yeah, eye. Sound like a traditional money grab. What you think, man? Yeah, I mean, you got your face plastered all over the internet with you know a, a cantaloupe on the side of your forehead. You gonna you gonna be grasping for straws anytime, but this probably was at the advice of whoever was representing him. This whoever, whatever high profile person was in the area, they had something to do with it. Um, let's see, 
let's see if what we can get out of these guys. But, you know, the, in these situations, the truth always comes out. Unfortunately, that man's reputation, whatever is left of it, uh, that's what he has to deal with after all this blows over. But we all look forward to our little five minutes of fame, but I'm pretty Damn. sure if he knew it was coming, he probably wouldn't have uh, re- responded the way he did. But, so you know, I, I'm I sure there's more this. stuff that's going to come out about it. Yeah. So I ask you this. So before it was the report that Aaron Donald just whooped him by himself. Yeah. Now after the report, it's, you know, I just read the report before about him apparently hitting Donald first and getting beat up, which is worse for that guy. What what happened or what they said happened before or after? Probably before, because those memes, you can't you, you're not going to outlast the meme. This yeah. like a year from now, this is going to come up somehow. And we're going to think about, man, 2021 was crazy. Y'all remember Aaron Donald knocked out old dude? Because you're not going to remember the actual truth of the story. You're going to remember the 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 myth of the story, what made the story larger than life. And that's that Aaron Donald barely grazed this dude with his pinky knuckle and the dude's eyes swole up like swole up. I ain't never seen like before. It looked like <laughs> it like that scene from Hitch when he got, was it? Uh, he had an allergic reaction. His, you know, his whole yes, or even better, like when Martin went, uh, when Martin went toe to toe with Hitman Hearns, and he came out afterwards, and his head was yep. like, blue. So <laughs> his whole head he probably, was swollen. Yeah, whole head was swollen. <laughs> but I think it was worse before we, we got the, the yeah. actual car facts and the evidence that came out. But you know, it is what it is. You just gotta, you know, know your surroundings and not be in the wrong place at the right time. Or would that be the wrong place at the wrong don't time? Or the try wrong to place fight right Aaron Donald. <laughs> That's true. We've seen we've seen what this man does to double teams, to season you know right guards and, and left tackles. What the hell makes you think you, you random guy? What do you think you're gonna do? You're and, and no. we saw what he did on Sports Science. Yeah, <laughs> launched that dude, launched that brother thirteen <laughs> feet in the air. He's like, that's the furthest I've ever been thrown. <laughs> I was like, hey. he keeps a log of how many times Bro, he's been beat up, clip, picked man. up, and thrown. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm laughing too hard. Like I've never oh seen that god. episode. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I have either. Only seen. I don't know. The one. The one of my favorite ones is the Beast Mode one. That was a good one too. Yeah, man. Are you ready? Yeah, man. Here we go. It's time for General. That's clean. You got your old second. That's clean. That's clean. Hey. That's clean. Hey. That's, Dane, Dane, that's Dane's first time hearing it, uh, audience. Never, I didn't know this our, was going to be a thing. Wow. Our general clean. homeboy drop made by our boy, friend of the show, Keith. Keith, appreciate, appreciate you, my you, guy. Keith. We got to play yeah. that one more time, man. Yeah, go ahead. It's play one more time. time for general I feel like it's just a disservice. I feel like I should be, you know, entering and, you know, I should be at the, <laughs> I should be at an arena <laughs> with sparks in the background, like a bunch of lights <laughs> in my name and walking down like I'm about to go face off with Stone Cold Steve Austin or something like that. That's what I feel like that should be. No, you, it gives you, me that, it gives you that you feel. You're facing off against Adam Schefter. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Damn, I'm losing that every time. Still waiting on that Des Bryant tape, by the way, man. Still waiting on it. Um, oh man, so we got some pretty we have some pretty good stuff today. Well, I got pretty good stuff. Two of these guys, you might have heard of one of them. I'm more than 100% positive you probably heard of one of them. First guy out of Coastal Carolina, uh, Teron Jackson. He's a defensive end. Wow. So I don't know why. When you when you look at the tape and you look at his, you know, the stat sheet, he's like, okay, why is this guy underrated or overlooked or you know a sleeper? Like, why is mm-hmm. I have no idea. I can't figure out. But this it is, isn't really a strong defensive edge class. We don't have a a Chase Young, you know, we don't have a, a Joey Bosa. We don't have a TJ yeah, Watt in this that class. That dominant right? presence. Right. Not that I know of, at least. You know, there could totally be some guy, you know, that down the line that turns out to have a career like that. But we don't have that guy that's going to go, that could possibly go top 10. I don't believe we do. But if you're looking for somebody who's consistent, who has the production, who has the size, he's not as fast. He didn't, well, let me not say he's not as fast. He didn't test well at his pro day, which happens often. You know, this is a strange time. I'm not making excuses for anybody, but if you're a defensive end uh, and you don't train very well, or if you don't perform very well at these pro days and in the numbers, it turns a big turnoff to a lot of these numbers guys. Cause we all know we'd hope that they validate everything that they have and everything they think of by watching the tape. But sometimes we notice that draft stock drops really low after a pro day, a bad pro day, but anywho, what you're getting out of this guy, TFL machine. He's got double digit TFLs. He's a uh, of course, he's an All-American, a team captain, uh, two years in a row as a junior and a senior. His hands are violent, Deontay. Think of uh, think of somebody you know that works in construction. Hands are rough, right? Heavy hand and rough. I think this guy yeah. has heavy hands. I think he has very violent Callous, hands. all that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's calloused up. Like uh, Chad Johnson always says that. That's why he eats the McDonald's as much as he does, because it builds some calluses. Anyway, <laughs> He's very aggressive. I love his effort off the line. He's very quick. And the thing that stands out to him the most, I mentioned earlier about the TFLs, um, is just his instincts. Um, He's the anticipation that he has coming off the line, reading plays. I just, for the life of me, maybe I just, maybe I'm just out of the loop. But basically, a lot of the experts that I look up to, they all say this guy is, you know, a day three guy or, 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 you know, yeah, typically a day three guy, and I'm not sure why. But anywho, I'm not going to be surprised when this guy has a pretty good NFL career as somebody starting edge rusher. So look out for him. That's Teron Jackson out of Coastal Carolina. A lot of you Zach Wilson fans should know who he is. So anywho, moving on to the offense, the, <laughs> the offensive side of the ball. So this guy, um, I wanted to go wide receiver, but I was like, you know what? We're two weeks out from the draft. We need to talk about some guys that are really underappreciated, underrated, and just overlooked. And that's one guy or one position in particular that's devalued. I'm speaking of no other than the running back position. And our guy who I have today, who I selected today, was Elijah Mitchell out of Louisiana. So Elijah Mitchell, he was, of course, a a wide receiver, or he's recruited as a wide receiver coming out of high school. And you can see it. He's really soft hands. 
Um, when given the opportunity to get the ball out of the backfield, he's a very patient runner. I love his vision. Um, and what jumps out to me, and I haven't seen the guy that I'm about to bring up the comparison about, I haven't seen this guy in years. I haven't thought about this guy's name in years, not since probably since high school. Okay. But when I watch his tape, it reminds me of, man, why? He reminds me of somebody. And I was like, he reminds me of Ryan Matthews. You remember Ryan Matthews? The running back, yeah. Yeah, he's played for the Chargers. I mean, I've, obviously, there's a there's a Broncos joke in there somewhere. Um, he wasn't all that. I got you, though. I'm not saying he was all that, but he was, you know, to to come from school. To, he I was, was saying that because he was he a was, Charger. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my bad. That went over my head. You know, I got my emotions. But I like Elijah Mitchell. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know... How many running backs are going to be drafted on day one or day two? I do know that that's where the NFL is going to, unless you're, you know, some sort of generational talent or you don't have a lot of mileage on you um, from college or wear and tear. And more than likely, you're not going to see the you're not going to see the light of day until after like pick 20 or so. Unless, of course, you're the Dallas Cowboys and you pick somebody at fourth overall. But that's because we got one of the best running backs in the world, Deontay from the Ohio State University mm-hmm. and Zeke Elliott. The running back position needs to be valued again, and I understand it. You know, they, you know, well, no, I don't understand. I don't understand the hate. If you're good, you're good. You should be drafted based on that mirror, regardless of how many contracts you're going to get. If you're good, you're good. But anyways, I'm not a GM, but I am General Homeboy, and I'm out. Until next time. Play the music. It's time. That is General Homeboy. Thank you, Dane. Thank you, Keith, for the wonderful, wonderful audio, man. (laughs) Man, when he sent me this, I was like, man, I want to share with you Uh, so bad, but I'm like, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Get a copyright on that. (laughs) That's that's some heat right there, man. That's some heat. That's that's some heat. Like, bro, you see how he added the the draft selection right after you get picked (laughs) with the third overall pick on the 2021 NFL draft. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah. That was shout out. Yeah, man. Man, Keith is also a a cook chef in the Houston area. And he's an artist. He got a a play, not a playlist, like a album coming out. I'm gonna call it an album. Keith, uh, if it's an album, I believe it is an album coming out at the end of this month. I'm gonna put all his say project. He got information a in the out. description. That way you don't miss. Yeah, yeah thank you. Don't you. Miss he thank got a you. project coming out. Thank you. Got a project coming out at the end of this month. I'm gonna put all his information in the description because sure. he's always been a friend of the show, friend of us personally. And he's always supported the show, so yeah, thank cool, you again, dude. Keith, Appreciate for that, you, for for uh, putting that together for us, man. Um, I'd like to also pat myself on the back, Dane, <laughs> about something that I said a few episodes ago. Oh man, everybody, listen. Oh, here we go. Play it back. I mean, he's he's. I feel like he still has a lot left in the tank. He's 28 years old. He's proved well, maybe not the last few years that he can stay healthy, but at that <laughs> age, I mean, he's one of the youngest guys that are still available. And we've seen in the right. years past that he could be a freak on the field, causing havoc. Um, I think a team like Cleveland that has Miles Garrett coming off mm. one end, and then if you have like 
Clowny coming in on the other end on passing situations. Mm. Like if you're an AFC North quarterback, uh, Ben Roethlisberger that doesn't really or really can't move, you know that that that's gonna be happening. <laughs> Ooh, call me player personnel player. No, I don't I like, like that. that. <laughs> no, no. Player personnel. Is, that's that's I like that. Player personnel. Is, that's that's what. No you man. Hey, to to those that don't know, Connie, he signed with the Browns the other day. Um, like I was mentioning, I basically said it on episode thirty-eight, the rebrand. Mm-hmm. Go check it out. That you know, it's a fit. You got Miles Garrett. Fear you're fearing Miles Garrett on the other side. Why not put another rusher? Like, hey man, if we double team uh, Garrett. We got a monster on the other side. You know, he's been unhealthy. Yes. But, you know, just bring him in on third downs. And what you got to lose? You know what I'm saying? Third and 15, third and 12. It's going to be scary hours, man. I I don't, man. I ain't going to say it yet. Should I say it, Dane? Go ahead, man. Do your thing. Cleveland. 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 Ew. I know. I know. But Cle- Cleveland. Cleveland, man. Think, I think you know that. Okay, let, let me just. Would you just said? First off, hats off to you in predicting that like a week ago or two weeks ago, whenever that was. Thanks, um, my guy. But what you just said, the statement you just made, reminded me of when you. It's cold outside. Just picture this: thirty-two degrees outside. It may or may not be snowing outside. And you walking around, let's say you were a bunch of your friends, you were at the mall, outside of the mall, right? And you're walking and nobody's been to the gym. Yeah, for to your knowledge, everybody's just, you know, put on some clothes and, you know, headed out. And you smell somebody musty. Like, how the hell you musty when it's cold outside? Like, that's how you know. Like, that's the kind of, that's the facial expression I got when you said the Cle- Cleveland Browns and the same sentences. Consistency and success, and the the season, the upcoming season. Like, I know it's weird. Yeah, it's It's it's, weird. It's weird. Just like the smell that comes from somebody's armpits when it's cold outside. Check this out. Check check this out. This is why. This is why I say it. Okay. Little hurdles, right? Okay. Last year, they hadn't won a playoff game in how many years? Crazy number of years, years, right? They finally won a playoff game. Yeah, they won a playoff game. Baker Mayfield probably had his best season. Yeah. The defense got them to win some games. They didn't have Odell last year for most of the season, correct? True. They get Odell back. They got Landry. They got those two monsters at running back back there. Two-headed beast. They got a defense. Yeah, Chubb and Hunt in the backfield. I I don't I I know the Ravens are still there. <laughs> I got Cleveland being better than Baltimore, man, and Pittsburgh. I, I just do. I won't say much more than that. I got, I have them being one of the top AFC teams next year. That's it. I, I, might, I might have to clip this for later as well. No, hey, if I get this right, uh, Keith got to make me a drop too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Whoa, Give me a drop. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's Give me slow a drop it down too. here. Let's slow it down here. Let's slow. <laughs> let's, let's slow it down here. Okay. Let's slow it down. No, here. bro. I Keith. can't. I can't. Give me the air horn. Give me the it's, air horn. You can't rush creativity. If it's meant to be, it'll happen. If not, then you're just gonna have to settle and hear my drop, my boy. You smell me? You're right. It's okay. You're right. You're right. That's all right. Switching to 
NCAA news, my guy. You had mentioned earlier that this rule is a one-year rule. I think this is permanent, my guy. Oh, it's permanent? Yeah. So, I mean, they can use the rule once without penalty, but... So this is going to be in effect more than this is just from now the on. No, this is forever. Okay, after right, this, maybe I, it's a one-time transfer rule, like free transfer. But this is from now on. Okay, I missed. I misunderstood that thing. See, that's what. That's no. You know, it, it's it's no. You're right because I had, I had to figure it out too. I was like making sure, but I read the article. How about this? Man, um, from ESPN. Lavar Burton, man, you got to read nothing to me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, it's for the listeners, my guy. We man, you gonna just tell them? Hey, the link is in the description. Yeah, right, not playing. Go ahead, man. <laughs> see how see but, how Dane treats y'all audience. No, That's why we can't get enough listeners. No, for the most part, I'm assuming everybody's adults. But you treating everybody like they got to come sit next to you and crisscross applesauce while you show them the page. No, as you're reading it's, and, it's it's you easier the, where you see look, the red dog where they don't have the to. If they don't have to go to the article themselves, they could just listen and I could, you know, make it easy for our listeners. Anyway, the NCAA made it official Thursday announcing the Division One Council had voted to approve a plan that will allow all college athletes to transfer one time as an undergraduate without having to sit out a season. The so-called one-time exception that has been available to athletes in most college sports for years will now so now also be available to football, men's and women's basketball, men's ice hockey, and baseball players who transfer from one Division One school to another. It's a big change, a long time coming, and it has some in college sports, especially football, worried about the potential for unintended consequences. Fewer scholarships available to high school recruits, power programs poaching players from small schools, rosters turning over quicker than coaches can keep up. And Dane, before we discuss it, let's hear from arguably one of the greatest college coaches of all time. Nick, with the uh, the NCAA D1 Council uh, passing the rule for the one-time transfer exception, uh, how do you foresee that affecting you know how you build an incoming class? Does that uh, require you to think about how many spots you save for, for transfers, um, you know, versus high school prospects? You know, I, I um, we, we do, we have thought about a strategy that we'll use. Um, you know, you've heard me speak about this before, um, but now that it is a rule, uh, we're going to adapt to it and making it advantage for us. Uh, I think what's going to happen, as you see happen in a lot of leagues, um, you know, the good players go to a good team and um, the bad players leave good teams because they, they're, they're not playing. So is that going to make the rich get richer? Um, I don't know. You can you can decide that. But uh, we we would Boy, we done. will only like look for transfers that can really that are going to help our team be better. Um, so that means we have to have a need for them. Uh, they have to be better than the guys that we have in the program right now at their position, and so. We'll be selective in how we choose guys. Uh, we're still going to recruit quality players that we can develop in the program. Uh, I don't think it's going to change our philosophy on that uh, because if we save spots to be able to do this, then what happens with the guys that leave your program? You just replace them with guys from other programs who probably um, – I mean, I don't think we're going to have our best players on our team want to leave Alabama. 
I mean, we do a great job here of helping players develop, be more successful in life. They Lots of player development. You know, most guys that have left here call back 100 times wanting to come back. All right. So I, I don't think because we do such a good job academically with our guys, career development program, uh, we've done a really good job and have a good track record of graduating players, uh, developing guys to play at the next level. So I don't think our good players are going to be leaving. But I think we'll be able to get some good players to join us when we have room to do that. He was stunned a little bit. Yeah, he was. uh no, it's a humble thing to say, though. Like you would expect, you I guess in a story, the storyline of a movie, you would expect the villain, right, the guy that never takes any losses, to be, you know, startled or scared at such a such a rural, right? But dude's got so much lax and so much swag behind him. He says, "Yeah, this is gonna be great." <laughs> for us because we're we're gonna we're actually gonna find the great players and bring them to our you know bring them to our campus while other teams are just gonna go after great players who actually just were cut because they were bad so that's a flex that's yeah but that just adds to the or couldn't yeah, yeah or couldn't make the team yeah true but that just adds to the legacy of Nick Saban he's he's the salesman you know uh he, there's a reason why consistently he's been beating everybody's ass year in and year out since we were in what middle school, high school is the, the recruiting. Yep. It all starts with the recruiting. NFL, but yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh, we ain't going to, we ain't talking about that. We ain't going to talk about, ooh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> about ooh, change the subject, please. Get <laughs> in the balls. Uh, but there's a reason why he's been an immovable object in the NCAA. So we'll see if the other organizations or other organizations, other programs take advantage of this. Um, it's going to be super dope to see a legit free agency, even if it's a one-time thing uh, in college football or. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is going to be cool. This is, this is going to be cool. This is going to be fun. One bro. thing I did think about is in one of the articles I read, Dane, they definitely called it a college free agency and that's what it is. But yeah. I hearken back to the conversation we had with Coach Mosley about, you know, the transfers and kids not dealing with adversity. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be interesting to see. And, you know, the transfer portal has already been, like, huge. Controversial. Now more than ever, I think, I don't know the exact number. I don't have it in front of me, but the transfer portal is, like, a crazy percentage compared to the total number of, athletes in general so it's just it's just insane right now but i think i think it's, it is it is about time to give players some of that um advantage isn't the word i'm looking for um maybe you can help me um maybe it is advantage i'm just comparing it to how people give the argument as far as the college players not how their stu- how their students Mm-hmm. And like this goes back to the pay for play thing. But if you think about a coach that gets a contract and leaves the school whenever they want to, there's no penalty. F- there's no penalty for that coach. No. Right. And sometimes the, his sometimes contract, the, his the contract campus, gets bought out. The new campus buys. Yeah, exactly. The, the boosters <laughs> yeah, the boosters yeah. hook that up. Yeah. You don't his hear his contract that. gets bought out and you got to pay that. In turn, you see 10. If it's football, you might see 10 or 15 guys lose a scholarship or a spot. Basketball, lesser, but of course the impact's still there. A guy that earned a scholarship with a with a regime, that particular regime moves on, and they're left in the wind. We we seen that on Last Chance U. 
Yeah. So I think more, and I didn't think of this until now, but this is going to give some refreshing opportunities to some FCS guys as well as some D2 guys to, you know, try to, you know, get the opportunity that they probably didn't imagine ever that they would ever get is to, you know, get to the D1. We might see it. We might yeah. not see it, but the the door is open, and I'm sure that there's some hungry athletes out there. We're going to hear some storylines about. I don't know how soon this is going to start. You, did they? Do you you recall reading about the timeline about how soon this will start? Uh, let me see. Let me put um, you on the spot. They approved it. Let's see. Starting next September. Mm. So, so this September 2021. Mm, okay. Yeah. Mm. So. Coaches, I know coaches, like, they have to change. I mean, this is not just football, basketball. All the sports have to change the way they recruit. Um, it might not be as much opportunities for the high school guys. That's the tough part. But it'll be interesting to see, like you said, like, how this college kind of free agency thing will change. It's already changed college landscape. And we think we're going to see a little bit more changes as far as this and then pay for play down the line. You know, whenever they get that situated and all that, but man, times times are changing. This is true. Hopefully, for the better, for the good. Yep, I don't have a drop for the nerdy nerdy news segment, and I hate that. But <laughs> before I get to the nerdy news segment, I'm gonna give a shout out to the two for one special podcast. Two brothers, Randall and LJ, talk everything from video games to anime. I listen. Those guys are funny and they know what they're talking about. They have you thinking, have you laughing and be sure to tune in to the two for one special podcast on Apple and Spotify. Now. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, bro. Spoiler alert, man. Oh, yeah. Dang it. You're right. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, if you have not seen... Cut it off, Yes, There you go. You can just end the podcast, but if you end it here, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. But (laughs) if you have have seen The Falconer and the Winter Soldier, episodes four and five, man, what... Five, I... Five was probably the most emotional episode like this show in general Dane has been so emotional and even if you go back to to WandaVision Mm -hmm. you know I think a lot of people were expecting a lot of action I know I was in both shows we've seen some action but it's they're definitely like therapy sessions for the characters yeah these are Guys or guys and gals from the old team that everyone else has a pretty much the success story and they're left with trauma. Yeah. uh, Confronting the trauma that they have to live with because of important individuals that are no longer there that were supposed to be beacons of light and hope um, for their journeys. So with Wanda, of course, with, you know, vision, no longer being here, her she, you know, her losing him. What this is what three times she lost that dude. Yeah, she lost him three times. Mm-hmm. And then of course you have we ha- we have no idea where the hell Cap is. Like we we don't know. I think the the idea is that he's wandering somewhere around there, old somewhere. But Cap is this particular version of Cap is gone. Of course we might get a an alternate timeline Cap in the future mm-hmm. by way of a 
cameo or something, but Cap ain't Cap ain't walking through those Multiverse. doors. Yeah, so yeah. they're dealing with the loss of someone that either paved the way for them or someone that they have some emotional ties to based on the experiences that they've had, whether by relationship, um, you know, so this is what we have. Yeah. And on top of that, it's kind of ironic when you talk about traumas is because that's, that was Sam's primary, primary occupation. Uh, when he met up with, uh, when we met up Bingo. with his character in winter soldier, he was basically a counselor, if you will. Bingo. For I got that in my notes too. Oh, yep. I, I knew it because I watched it yesterday. We were me and Langston were boards. So we watched Winter Soldier yesterday. Um, but he was a counselor, you know, leading group therapy sessions with. We're assuming here um, veterans that have you know come back to civilian life and they've gone through their own you know journeys and and traumatic experiences and they're trying to unpack that and move on and use those experiences, use these new revelations to have a, you know, uh, a, a regular normal as possible life again. So this is kind of interesting seeing, right. Seeing him put PTSD on that role. Yeah. Dealing with all that. Yeah. Correct. Seeing him put on that lens. Cause we've seen him, mm-hmm. you know, coaching up and breaking down walls, especially when he was talking yeah. with, uh, what's a uh, flag smasher girl name? I forgot her name. Carly. Carly. That's when I was talking with Carly. He got all comfortable and, you know, sit on the table and she was, you know, opening up to him. And of course, Captain Butthead, you know, strode through the doors, ruining things. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Great value, Cat. Yeah. Great value, Cat. But shout out um, to him, Kurt Russell's kid, because he makes you, he's makes you like hate this dude's guts. So that's a phenomenal. Hell of a hell of phenomenal. A, he's doing a real good acting job. <laughs> yes. Uh, like phenomenal, man. Like, let's let's stand up for him. You know, why? I mean, you know, right. He makes you hate him. Like that's the epitome of what you want the actor to do to make you hate the character in real life. He's doing his job. Uh, But yeah, pick up at the end of episode four, man. um, His homeboy Battlestar dies at the hands of Carly with a massive punch. That was crazy. I did not think he was dying there. Um, at that point, he had already taken the super soldier serum. So, you know, he's at that point, you know, like, yeah, he's going to lose his, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Goes out, kills home, homie with the shield. I don't know if you want to call it killing homie with the shield. It's just, it was so much more than that. So barbaric. So. Yes. Yeah. Ugh. It's disgusting. Sorry. My bad. Go ahead, brother. I mean, cut you off. He destroys homie with the shield. And innocent homie, by you that. know that symbol of him at the end of episode four with the bloody shield is just iconic. It's a perfect iconic shot in a crazy way. About you know you can compare it to what's going on in America now, mm. as far as blood. You know you see it every day when you wake up in the news, um, and I think the director or one of the producers were talking about how this show is going to represent a lot of what we see in the world today. Double entendre on that. So in addition to it, mirroring society for what we are seeing right now in 2021, uh, there's also a callback to that very scene of him getting, you know, decapitated by the shield. 
of him saying that he couldn't believe that he used to look up to Captain America. You remember that when he was in the graveyard with uh, yeah, girl, girl? Yep. He said, I used to look up, believe it or not, I used to look up to yep. Captain America. Died at his own, <laughs> <his> own shit. <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> he was looking up to him again. I mean, it was not, you know, it wasn't Captain America. It was, you know, great value yeah. in Captain America, but, you know, it was just how that came full circle. I wasn't, I'm sure that wasn't their intent, but it was just like, uh-uh. <laughs> what a tangled web yeah. we have here. To go along with that, the emotional toll in episode five, man, one of my favorite parts is when Sam went to talk to Isaiah Bradley. Oh, yeah. And we find out the real story about what happened with him back in the day when he was the so-called Captain America or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you realize this name, but the same stuff that he was saying of how he went in, you know, his, his men got trapped, you know, prisoners of war. Mm-hmm. And he described the story of how he went to get the guys brought them back. That's the same thing Steve Rogers did in the first Captain America. And Steve, the white Captain America, got the Medal of Honor. He, you know, he got praise and all that. Which wow. isn't Steve's fault. I, Which isn't Steve's yeah, fault. No, at yeah. all. Not Steve's it's fault. Just, it's just the nature um, of the society. While this the guy, you know what I'm saying? What happened to the black guy? He got put in prison. He got branded. He said he it the best. Got killed, per se. So they erased right? me and my history, but they've been yeah. trying to do that for 500 years or something, something like that. Something that affects. They erased my history. Yeah. yeah, they erased my history, but they've been trying to do that for 500 years, is what he said. So it's like, right. Sheesh. And I think it's really, really important that, you know, you see a lot of people. I think we talked about this a few episodes ago, Dane. A lot of people that, you know, I don't want, I don't want politics in my entertainment. I don't want, you know, but. Don't make Shoot. everything about race, Deontay. Jeez. You know, that R word makes <laughs> hey, a lot of people uncomfortable. Hey, man. Hey, I, uh, you it's, know, it's the it's, truth. What's, it's what's going on? It's just funny because people, I don't think people understand that sometimes, <laughs> what's, how's that saying goes? Um, was it, is it art imitates life or life imitates art or something like that? But, yeah, that's. Oh, I got a perfect, perfect oh, quote for that. Hit, hit it up, hit it up, hit it up. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Man, the 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 Godfather of Marvel, Stan Lee, said it himself. Take a listen. Hi, heroes. This is Stan Lee coming at you. Want you to know, Marvel has always been and always will be a reflection of the world right outside our window. That world may change and evolve, but the one thing that will never change is the way we tell our stories of heroism. Those stories have room for everyone, regardless of their race, gender, religion, or color of their skin. The only things we don't have room for are hatred, intolerance, and bigotry. That man next to you, he's your brother. That woman over there, she's your sister. And that kid walking by, hey, who knows? He may have the proportionate strength of a spider. We're all part of one big family, the human family, and we all come together in the body of Marvel. And you, 
You're part of that family. You're part of the Marvel Universe that moves ever upward and onward to greater glory. In other words, Excelsior. Freaking Stan Lee said it, man. Like... Mm -hmm. Stanley, RIP, mm. man. R. But man. like, RIP. To people that always, you know, like it's it's you can't avoid it. You can't run from the issues. A lot of people like to run from the issues, right? Like, it's gonna be there. Yeah, Stanley said it. Like, it's gonna be in your art. And unfortunately, Deal with it, man. If 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 it's something that makes you uncomfortable, um, you gotta you got some soul search you need to do, man. If something yeah, like take a look in the like mirror for sure. Something that isn't calling you a racist or calling you out for bigotry like if it's the fingers not pointed at you for what they're you're seeing being depicted on tv there might be something that you need to do some soldiers and some maybe something wrong with you if you have an issue with it um unfortunately the, the yeah. entertainment that we consume nowadays it for it to have some sort of substance for it to have some sort of value some sort of meaning some sort of reason why we continue to watch it. There has to be some underlying themes and themes are, they're only going to be based off of what we see in, you know, everyday life. And for some of us, fortunately, uh, a lot of that is associated with the shortcomings of America from the past 500 years. So, you know, I think yeah. acknowledging is something that makes you uncomfortable is the first step, but the second step is you know doing a little bit of digging, a little bit of digging, and understanding why that makes you feel uncomfortable. Because, and maybe that's uh, something on your character that needs to be built. So, you know, another day, another dollar, another person crying out. You know, <laughs> the pulling the race card. Why you guys are the pulling mm-hmm. race card? Like we're not. We're, we watching. We yeah. observing the content, man. So right. Couldn't have said it better, bro. Uh, Episode six, the finale next week, man. I think it's going to be fire. What any predictions? Um, Obviously, I'm hoping we get to get to see what this new suit looks like. Um, Man, bro, this suit (laughs) about to be fire. Yeah, it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. Two. Did you expect to? Oh, we need this. I need to find out for my own suspicions because the wife, she kind of pointed out to it. Alluded to it last or episode four, that she yes. kind of didn't trust Sharon, and I was like, the wife has been spot on. We've been watching shows the past few weeks. The wife has been spot on with her anticipation and her, you know, estimations about what's going ha- what's going on, what's going to happen. So maybe Sharon got to be the power broker. Yeah, bro. she might be the power broker, bro. Like, and if she I isn't, I- she's working for that fool. Like. Or a scroll, but I don't know if they would bring scrolls into this. To this, you think they bring scrolls into the ground? Like this show's been so grounded and like you know. But I, I, could, I don't any, know. I didn't get any whiff of her being a scroll because of when uh, the scroll was imitating Nick Fury, when it was imitating Odoo from uh, Captain Marvel. Um, they had an aggressive trait about them, like a short tempered type of thing. And we haven't seen that from her yet. So that's the only thing that makes me think that she's not a scroll. But I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about I don't, know, uh, I don't know if you know about this reference, but how you feel about seeing Elaine uh show up in, in the middle of this episode? Seinfeld. From Seinfeld? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I didn't know. It was kind of out of place. Google what, I had to Google her name to see what she was in Marvel Comics. So, like, yeah. I kind of got understanding. Yeah. Um, like, apparently that specific character, I can't, I don't know her name, Dela 
Fontaine or something. Um, she's played like multiple characters in Marvel, so she mm-hmm. can be this character or this one. I'm not sure, but right. I do think they're going to use her for the Thunderbolts oh. for General Ross. I think she could be working General Ross trying to get John Walker to be part of Thunderbolts. Um, for those that don't know, the Thunderbolts is like kind of like the Marvel's version of Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. That makes sense. They do crazy missions, but under the government sanction, all that kind of stuff. But So you remember, uh, I, and I doubt that they're going to be connected that way, but you know, Jessica Jones and her sister, they were at the RAF too. They were mm. serving time at the RAF too, so I mean, I, obviously, I don't know. Bro, I, don't, I wonder who's all at the RAF right now, villains-wise. <laughs> the 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 RAF got to be lit right now. <laughs> <laughs> you think they got oh, they turning up at the RAF? They might be, but then again, think about this. Do we think do we think Killmonger is alive? Do we think Eric Killmonger nah, is alive? Man. Think of all the tech that we have he, in Wakanda. <laughs> Or come on, say why we I mean, have Wakanda? Could, like I'm like I, like it's around the corner. Like hey, maybe we went to Wakanda last week. They, nah. They Think might, you know, who knows what they who who knows what they might do since I know Black Panther two had to get changed. Like start filming you know, with everything July. with Chadwick, but yeah, I mean they could bring him back and make him a good guy. I don't know if I would like that though. Yeah, I like strange. Michael B. Jordan as an actor, but I know some stories just have to have an ending. Mm. Um, I I I wouldn't like him coming back. I was just thinking. I was thinking just in terms of him possibly being locked up at the raft too. So that's how I was. That, I mean, that, oh, all the villains yeah. that possibly could be at the raft. Trying to think of the villains that. I mean, who else did they capture that would be at the raft? I mean, Zemo. Everybody died, there. right? All the villains died. Now that I'm thinking about it. Zemo's heading there. Um, you can see old dude. There was a. Uh, if we're talking just MCU, yeah, Zemo's heading there. The old dude that uh, that was the head of Sword mm-hmm. that they arrested in WandaVision. He might be over there. Um, okay. Hmm. I feel like all the villains died. Am I tripping? Hmm. Like all out of all the movies, rascals Res- on that, that we planet. know of. There could be other stories that are coming out that we don't know what's going to happen to those villains. Like maybe we get backstories yeah. after the fact. You're right. Maybe I don't know. Just wishful thinking. I, mean, I don't know. We're well. We just don't have enough villains that people are aware of that for them to run a successful Thunderbolts unless they're going to do it in reverse, show us the Thunderbolts and then give us their backstories afterwards. So, I mean, who, who knows? But I'm not I'm not tripping on how they do it. I just need it to happen. For sure. It's, I think it's down the pipeline. Um, but yeah, man, episode six definitely going to be fire next week. We will talk episode six, the finale with my guy Dex and the One Take podcast. One Take pod, they go by. Funny guys, follow those guys, subscribe to their podcast. Um, we're all going to hop on together and do episode together so you can catch our finale recap with them. You have not watched Invincible yet, this newest episode. Nah. But, but let's, it was dope, though. It was dope. It, every episode is dope. That's why I wanted to just talk to you about, man. Bro, this show... First of all, for the listeners, if you don't know what Invincible is, it's a adult version, or should I say cartoon version of the boys if you've watched the boys on amazon prime the superhero adult version of superheroes or i'll i'll do you one further it's basically just like the dc animated universe 
anybody who's anybody who's watched them knows that they have some R ratings, some non rating ratings, if that's the thing. But there's a lot of gore, there's a lot of blood, there's a lot of uh, cursing, of course. So if you're squeamish, uh, make sure you yeah. you know turn that off and don't watch it. But if you're accustomed to the DC animated universe, yeah. which I know Deontay is not, because he probably still hasn't finished the movie line like he's supposed to. I was waiting for ago. that. <laughs> but anyways, if you enjoy comic book movies, TV shows that are adapted off of comic books, you'll love this show. Uh, this one, of course, is an animated version starring your boy, uh, your boy, your boy Glenn from Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, so many, so many great actors and actresses voice. Um, one, and one thing I do like, I wanted to tweet about this, but I couldn't phrase it right. You ever got a good tweet, but you know, not a phrase it right. You don't want to sound stupid. No. Anyway, there was, I like the feature that Amazon. I just put, I just tweeted. And if I sound stupid, I do with the consequences. <laughs> the the feature that Amazon prime has or video where you pause it and it shows you which actors and actresses are in the scene. Uh, the x-ray. Oh, is that what it's called? I, I didn't know. You're looking for anyway, the, brother. But yeah, that's dope. So I found out today, uh, oh boy from um, Heroes voices the robot uh, that plays Siler in Heroes. Oh, yeah, you didn't know that? No. I hate you, man. Anyway, <laughs> Invisible is yeah, dope. That's, that's homie from a, that's a Spock. Spock from Star Trek. Yeah, Tech, he man. plays Spock as well. Jay Jonah Great Jameson. actors and actresses in this show. Yeah, Jay Jonah Jameson. Beats. Yeah. Um, and it's the creator, Robert Kirkman, oh. creator of The Walking Dead, too. Oh, so girl. you know it's um, dope. The wife. Uh, um, she yeah. was on that show, that doctor show my wife watches. Uh, Grey's Anatomy. Is that it? I yeah. think that's her. Let me not misquote myself. Hold on. Let me do a quick Google. I don't want to come off like a dumbass if that's not her. Oh, I it's thought like you said you don't care. Something like that, I, oh, I thought you don't care if you sound stupid. <laughs> what are we talking about? No, I, I don't care. I just don't want to sound ignorant. I'm assuming <laughs> that oh, just because she's in, uh, she has a a background that she you know she her ancestors possibly came from this part of the world that you can just assume that that was her that is you know playing the voice. Like, I got you, bro. Hey, you I got you, bro. Stephen I think because I. Don't know where she is from. Oh, okay. So she has Korean parents. Okay. Her parents are Korean. So mm-hmm. what's her name? Let's see. Oh, yeah, that's definitely her. Is it Sandra or Sandra? Oh. But yeah, man, check Invincible out. It's a dope show on Amazon Prime. I think uh episode six just dropped. So we got time to catch up. And then good. We'll start talking about it more. You don't gotta ask one of your friends to borrow the password yeah. and look at it. Yeah. And then, Dane, last thing we'll talk about before we get out here, man. F9, we're going to space. Bro, they really going. First of all. I didn't watch that bush. Oh, you didn't watch the trailer? I ain't watched that crap, man. I seen the trailer. You know how videos autoplay on Twitter? I yeah. scrolled right past it as quick as I possibly Bro, could. Bro, like, it was the watching. longest trailer the in the like, history on, of is- trailers. It was a, almost a four-minute trailer. You already know what the movie's about. Bro, why, why are they going to space? They should look. They should. They should have kept that in the draft. <laughs> Bro, kept that in the draft. Ludacris <laughs> and Tyrese are in a spaceship in spacesuits. I don't think. Wait. Anyway, I avoided that trailer like the plague. It's disgusting. Yeah, you put in the nose. Oh, hell no! Like Another that. one. <laughs> I died at that. By the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because when you was typing up the notes, I was like, "Wait, there ain't no way in hell. Like, ain't no way in hell." And I was like, "Ugh." 
Oh man, Dane! Another successful episode, my guy. Appreciate you so much. Appreciate the listeners for tuning in. The Duo Sports and Stuff podcast, digital streaming platforms, episode forty-one. Be sure to subscribe. Apple, Spotify, all that good stuff on Apple. Please leave a review, man. We need those reviews. We need those ratings. Help people get to our show. It means so much. It means so much. Air horns before we get out of here. Dan, anything you got to want to say for you? Why? What was the purpose of that? There was no purpose. I just like air horns. Why? Man, I swear, bro. Anywho. Y'all boys, take it easy, man. It's uh, yeah, man. Oh, shout out to my cousin Diary, man. He's he's out there doing his thing, the hundred meter dash, and the Texas heavy reading. Um, so sophomore out there man. running against grown men. Um, what can I say, man? It's just a it's a family thing, you know. Runs in the DNA, except for me. That's the whole speed thing. Let's skip me. I, mean, I got short area <laughs> quickness, but that was it. But everybody else got long speed. Look, it's either everybody else in my family got long speed or everybody's like tall. One or the other. Ronde was like 6'4, six, 6'5. Six, Uncle's fast and ran a 10 3 in high school. Auntie got hurdle records. <laughs> and then, and then there's, there's you, Dane Beasley. I'm Deontay Epps. We're the <laughs> duo. Yeah. Check us out, man. Tell a friend. Tell a friend's friend. Tell that friend to tell that friend about the Duo Sports and Stuff podcast. We'll see y'all in the next one.